1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: All right, it is overtime. Wrapping this thing up, got an hour to go. Chris Knocke here, taking it at 9 o'clock on 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey App. Don Hankerson along with me. So much going on right now. There is a smorgasbord, cornucopia, a plethora of uh sports on tap here the red sox and yankees just minutes away from first pitch uh down the dial 980 has uh got the wizards playing in houston tonight uh, there's just a host of things going on in the sports world we kicked around the fact that uh urban Meyer wins the uh, stupidity award for perhaps the year he's had a bad year and um uh, just uh, so much going on out there. We talked about uh, John Harbaugh v. Vic Fangio, and those guys pissing at each other a little bit. Two German shepherds pissing on the same tree. So uh, I want to turn our attention here to the to the local footballers here. WFT coming off of a heart-stopping win in Atlanta. Uh, I suggested early on that uh, Atlanta is probably one of the few teams in the NFL you can come back and win that game on. Atlanta really did not at last drive that they had the last possession. They didn't do anything to take time off the clock, but to their credit WFT uh, seized that game largely on their uh, results uh, or the, on the basis of what their quarterback and a pretty good group of wide receivers was able to accomplish down the stretch of that game. But Don, let's not get too giddy here. and i tell you why, man. I mean, New Orleans coming in here, it's a winnable game, right? I mean, Saints are the Saints. Jameis is one of those guys that when he's got it going, he's he's got it going. But he's got no wide receivers. He's got a great running back in Kamara, Alvin Kamara. He is great. He's top two, three. He and Henry, I guess, probably two best backs in the league. Um, and and so it's a winnable game uh, for 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 this team, and you need to win it because I tell you what murderers row is just on the other side of the saints. I mean, it is freaking ridiculous who they have. And you know what? I mean, the fact of the matter is I hadn't thought about this. Maybe looking at the glass half full, maybe with some of the opponents coming in here, maybe there are actually recent people at FedEx, FedEx field. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) I think so. I think so. So on the other side of new Orleans, you have Kansas city coming here. You know, the Chiefs will draw in here. It's going to be a big time game, but the problem with the Chiefs that what's ailed the Chiefs at this point in time? They're two and two. Turnovers have hurt them, but this is a team the WFT that's not producing turnovers. So it could be you know it could be a long day. How about the fact that after that they go to Green Bay? How many teams win in October Sunday afternoon game in in Lambeau Field in October? Nah, yeah, yeah not many. Doesn't happen. How about on the other side of that? You know, I have no nothing empirical for this. This is all anecdotal. But on the other side of that, WFT goes to Denver. There was a time where this franchise owned the Broncos. But I'm going to say over the last 10 or 15 times they've played, I'm going to say it's gone exactly the other way. And we have, the, we, I, I don't play. This franchise has had very little luck with the Broncos, especially out there. So then you limp into bye week. Can you win? Okay. Look at those four. Again, we're doing a quarter poll here for you, Don. Those four coming up, New Orleans, KC, at Green Bay, at Denver. Can you squeeze two and two out of that?
3: Oh, That's going to be tough. And there's
2: no way you squeeze two and two without beating New Orleans, correct?
3: Yeah, New I Orleans mean the,
2: has to be one of your one, one of your ones.
3: Yeah, I was going to say the two I'm looking at potentially would be Green Bay and uh, Denver, probably. Really, uh, that, those are the two I would maybe try try to aim for. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes—that's that's a tall order right there. So I'm I'm looking at those two teams as the potential two you, weaknesses. You
2: also get guys like you know Denver, of course, is it was uh, had ridden the coattails of Teddy Bridgewater for the first three weeks, and he's out now, and that you know. Some of these guys, you know, have a pattern. Recurring injury issues, unfortunately for Teddy, none of his of his own doing. But uh, we'll see if he's around by the time that they play. Okay, so now you go to the bye week. You've limped into the bye week. That's a pretty tough foursome that you got to play, right? Okay, well, how about the foursome on the other side of the bye week, all right? You go at Carolina, who all of a sudden isn't just three and one they got a quarterback playing, leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns in Sam Darnold. Not only that, you know how many points Carolina has allowed in four games? They've allowed 66 points, which isn't a lot. And keep in mind, Dallas just got 36 on them. So in the other three games combined, they've given up 30 points. I mean, the defense is playing as well as as anybody in – in football. All right, so after you go to Carolina, you come in here, and I, I I don't have to know the empirical numbers against Seattle. I don't like the matchup. Russell Wilson has, has, if you look in his hip pocket, like there's burgundy and gold dust in there. I mean, I swear he just owns these guys here, unfortunately. And then you go at Vegas. Those are your four right there. I mean, that is another tough four. So so you look at the eight games on the other side of, uh, uh, excuse me, that would be eight games starting from now. You got to figure out where to harvest a couple of nuts in that in that group. I don't know where it is, and and again, you, one of the things that 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 you know about the NFL is that the teams that, as they are constituted right now, are more than likely not going to be their way they're constituted by the time you see them. Uh, Tampa Bay, for one, is just completely beset by injuries on the defensive side of things. That doesn't mean they're not going to come in here and drop 45 on you, but they're going to let you score. They're going to let you play with them, for sure. So, you know, again, they're variables. Key guy there, key guy here, you know, D.K. Metcalf maybe, or or Russell Wilson, maybe those guys get dinged up the week before you don't have to see them. But fact remains, there is not, there's not a whole lot to find there of consolation, Don, with with that group. Yeah. I mean, as you're going through,
3: I'm looking at the schedule myself and as you're alluding to, there's not a lot of holes, not a lot of margin for error. Unfortunately, probably this first quarter that we've just been discussing is probably the stretch where we really needed to show up. And I think to go two and two is, you know, decent. Um, but as you said, it's a tall order as we move forward ahead in the season.
2: Well, you know, you also have to contrast that with, you know, who you probably, who you think you're going to be competing with for playoff, you know, for for a you know, playoff spot. And just as this team really benefited last year by their schedule and playing, you know, a bunch of, not mediocre, a bunch of weak quarterbacks down the stretch of the game, you look at what Dallas gets, con- conversely. And Dallas gets the benefit of that kind of schedule for themselves this year. You know, they, they 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 play the Giants this upcoming weekend. They go to New England. You know, I don't know if Jones will have that ship righted or not, but uh, probably not, you know. And Dallas is one of those teams that is so prolific offensively that a team like New England, I mean – I just can't see New England being able to score with them in a situation like that. Okay, So then they go to Minnesota, Minnesota highly beatable, they get Denver at home. Uh, they get Atlanta just like the uh, WFT had Atlanta. But the, the schedule not nearly as formidable as the one that uh, uh, you know, that you' you're, you're looking at for this team. But that's just the way the NFL works. You know, they rebalance every year if in fact you stud up and you win your division, you have to pay for it a little bit the next year, and that's one of the things that promotes the parity that we're seeing, the parity that keeps this league completely healthy. So, um, you know, it's just it's it doesn't make it any easier though, particularly on paper when you see what lies ahead for this club, and uh, that's why this game against New Orleans this weekend is absolutely one that you have to get, uh, because of some injury issues with the team here. Uh, just to recap some of the things that were announced today. John Bostick, Torrey McTeer, those guys are out for the year. Uh, Bostick has a pectoral strain, so he is uh, gone for the season. McTeer is out for the year because of an ACL tear, and I think that might have happened on the last Hail Mary of the game. Uh, The last pass of the game uh, is when he got hurt. Other guys get an opportunity. You know, know, one guy's misfortune and another guy's fortune because of uh, Logan Thomas being out. Um, at least temporarily, with a hamstring strain, uh, Samus Reyes gets gets activated to play off the uh, off the practice squad. So you get a chance to take a look at some other guys. Now they were very impressed by Reyes and his ability to move guys around and to block. But I think it's fair to say that uh, he's anybody who watched him play a little bit in the preseason. He's got those Roberto Duran hands of stone out there. He's not out there for his pass catching ability so that now all of a sudden Ricky seal Jones becomes that much more important as a, you know, as a, as a tight end. So you got to figure it out. You got to be able to pivot. And again, you know, just like people talk a lot about the adjustments that you make during halftime of a game, you have to make them during the course of a season too. And you have to somehow strive to get better, even in the face of losing some of the talented guys that you thought you'd have for the duration of the season. So uh, oh, and one other piece of news from, uh, from Ashburn. A kicker was signed. Woohoo! Wish they'd done this last month or two months ago. Uh, the unfortunately named Chris Blewett was signed. He w- p- kicked a pit. Actually, a local kid. Went to West Potomac High School in Alexandria. And um, he's, uh, I-, I don't know, Don, if he was actually brought in for competition. When you place a guy, immediately place him on the practice squad. I mean, I guess you could still be competition. I, for the life of me, do not know how uh, Ron Rivera with a straight face could have told the junkies, and again, I love Rivera, but he his comment about Dustin Hopkins was, the kicking's not a problem until it's a problem. Well, we all watched the game yesterday, or Sunday, excuse me, and it was a problem. And um, so, at any rate, be that as it may, a kicker was brought in. Uh, so, you know, again, hope springs eternal. Let's uh, let's take a break here. We've got a couple other things we want to get to on the other side of this. I'm Chris Nocky. Don, H- Don Hankerson is here with us. You're listening to Overtime on 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey app.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: It is overtime. 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey app. I'm Chris Nockey here with you till 9 o'clock. 42 minutes of fun left. Don Hankerson with me. and Keeping an eye on Major League Baseball. The uh, playoff started tonight. Started about 15 minutes ago, actually, in the Yankees in spite of the fact that Giancarlo Stanton just put a dent in the green monster, did not score in the first inning. And, uh, Red Sox coming up in the bottom of one, you know, I'm, I'm watching the game kind of with one eye here, Don, I have no idea. How old are you, bud? I'm 30. You're 30. Yeah. So I got, I, I've got a son your age and I've got, I've got kids, you know, in their, in their twenties and, and they're they're all sports fans, right? But I could hype this game up for days and they still would have walked out already (laughs) watching this game so what can i do for you what can be done for you to make baseball a compelling part of your sports menu
3: that's a very good question i mean i happen to already be a pretty decent uh, baseball fan i'm about to say the wrong sport a baseball fan um But I think it's just, you know, challenging. The the sport in general is just, you know, obviously it's slower pace. It's just harder to, I think, keep people in my age bracket or younger uh, just entertain. I mean, football, basketball, those are very, you know, high pace high-action type of sports. So I just think the nature of the sport itself just kind of lends itself to kind of um, a lack in the audience that's like my age or younger. Yeah,
2: no, I get it. That pastoral pace is is kind of lost on somebody your age and i totally understand it and i you know uh i i'm a baseball fan i like it i enjoy watching particularly this time of the year i mean these games when it's when it's lose and go home i mean sports just doesn't get any better than that but earlier this year i I went out to a uh nats game and it was balls hot it's crazy right and it was humid and i sat out there for about four innings and i thought this sucks You know what? I mean, and maybe because I hadn't been out to the park in a while and it's a beautiful place. It's a, it's a gorgeous place. They do a nice job. The presentation is great. I have phenomenal seats. I sound completely ungrateful. I know, but, but you just, you sort of, if once you get out of the practice of going to games, you forget about the pace of them.
3: I will say even too, I feel like a lot of people in my age bracket, when I talk to them about baseball games and stuff, either a, they don't really want to go or B (laughs) If they do go, they're definitely not paying attention to the game. It's like you said; they're just outside, kind of enjoying.
2: My 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 drink. kids will go, and you, I you, I think you could still buy standing room only tickets, and and then you go get, grab a drink at the Red Porch or wherever, and you just loiter around in the left field out there. You know, yeah, you side. can just
3: get cheap seats, five bucks or something yeah. like that, and just get in the building and just you know enjoy the ambiance. Basically, there
2: you go, there you go. Well, enough about baseball. I just it sort of struck me as I'm watching this that um, I. I may be among uh, a declining number of people that are actually enjoying the uh, the moment here. I, I'm always curious at the end of October and early November as to what the ratings look like for, uh, for MLB, and I think a lot of that depends on what markets get into the finals. By the way, and I'm not a big better, but how about the fact that the L.A. Dodgers are prohibitive betting favorites to win the World Series, but they play a one-and-done game uh, tomorrow night they could they could be gone on Thursday.
3: Yeah, that's that's pretty it's crazy, crazy, right? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, I guess they're just really banking on that talent on the team. Obviously,
2: name brands for sure, for sure. It could be awful quiet in L.A. And I think as Nationals fans, we all remember how quiet it got in L.A. Uh, when Howie Kendrick went yard against them a few years ago. But let's get back to the WFT. This is a hypothetical for you, Don, and I. I know my answer to this does the the sting of how atrocious the defense has been? Has that been mitigated a bit for you by the play of the quarterback and and also really the offense because really the offensive line has been much better than I would have thought. They've scored points even now, they scored 21 against Buffalo again but Buffalo shut out two of their last three opponents. Does that does that take a little bit of the sting out of the disappointment with the way the defense has been?
3: Uh for me personally no cuz I've I mean the offense has done better but I don't think they've done well enough to, you know, kind of overpower what, you know, the lack of what the defense has been doing. I mean even with just the win this past week, you know, the Falcons still hung 30 points on us. So um, you know, to me, it seemed a, like
2: they could score at will too, by the exactly,
3: way. exactly. So, I mean, yeah, things are looking better, a little better offensively, but I still think we're just allowing too many points and just, we, we barely escaped, you know, it came down literally to a Hail, Hail Mary play at the end of the game this past week to solidify the win. So, you know, I'm not very optimistic to kind of answer your question.
2: I get it. So uh, earlier today, JP Finlay and, uh, and B. Mitch were talking a little bit about Heineke and where he ranks. And I think a lot of this stats are fool's gold, anyways. And the fool's gold also applies to the defensive stats from last year that led us to believe that this defense was going to be, you know, the gold standard this year. And and, and the fact of the matter is, they played a bunch of dogs down the stretch of the season last year and capitalized. I mean, I'm not. I'm going to take that away from him. You still have to produce. You still have to execute and get the job done. But um, Heineke, over the course of the last, since he started, uh, has put up some numbers that put him kind of in that ninth, 10th, 11th in terms of stat line, uh, in terms of quarterback. But I don't think, I mean, I think either one of us could name 15 quarterbacks right now. You'd take in a heartbeat over Heineke. I, I just think that in terms of him being able to, as a caretaker, I don't know where they'd be without him uh, at at this point in time. And to their question, to their point, and and I think most of the fans who called in, most of the callers who called in, called in were adamant right away, like, slow your roll. We can't get too excited about this. As as fans of a particular team, there's a certain recency error that we're all guilty of. And, you know, we become enamored. He won a game. You know what? God bless him very resourceful down the stretch he doesn't quit and as a result of him not quitting the team kind of follows his lead i give him that and he deserves all the props in the world especially given the the background the story you know he's been around the nfl for six years arena league all the stuff that's been played up uh you know in in uh you know on nfl on the nfl network and all that stuff but um, but you still can't get overly excited about you know the fact that he's he's okay. I mean he's okay right now.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and I kind of in a hypothetical to kind of throw back at you, you know, I think about obviously Fitzpatrick being named the starter at the beginning of the season. If if he doesn't go down, do you think Heineke would be
2: in in? Yet? No, 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 I don't. And okay, further, okay, what happens? Uh, what happens when Fitzpatrick is healthy?
3: Yeah. I mean, do you do you bring him back in?
2: I don't think you can. I mean, it kind of depends on where you are, and 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 I don't think he's due back until maybe after the bye week. So you still got four weeks until you until you know. But if you're if you are four and four at the bye week given the schedule that you've played and and Heineke is healthy. See, my thing about Heineke too was I just never thought he'd be able to play more than 4 or 5 games anyways cuz he's cuz he's a lunatic. You know, and he and and he's he's damage prone, he's injury prone. And and we saw the best and the worst of Heineke against Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year. And I just always assume that there's no way he's he's in it long term. But you know what he's learned? He's not taking full hits. The line is doing a pretty good job protecting him. He dives when he's supposed to dive. He's not doing anything silly, so there's no reason necessarily to think that he wouldn't be available health wise. So I think a lot of it depends on where they're at. They're four and four, and his stat line is comparable to where it is right now. I mean, I get the fact that you're paying Fitz ten million dollars, but I also think I think at some point in time doesn't Heineke. I mean, guys in the locker room are watching what he's doing. You know, he's giving them hope. And Rivera said the other day, one of the things about Heineken playing is he always gives us hope, keeps us alive, keeps us in games, keeps us in the conversation. So so how can you then say that on the one hand and then and then if he's healthy, bring in fits. I, I don't know that you I don't know that you can do that.
3: Yeah, I think it kinda goes back like it seems like the theme all night has been leadership. And I think you can't break up that, you know, the locker room like that and, you know, switching up the leadership mid season if you're kind of maintaining your head above water, like you say, if you're about five hundred or so, by the time he gets back, I, I think you
2: gotta kinda ride the ship and stick with it. How about this too? Who's your best player on offense?
3: Ooh. By um,
2: far Terry McLaurin. Yeah, right?
3: I was gonna say it's gotta be McLaurin. So who do you think he would prefer? I'm thinking
2: he's got something going with Heineke. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say.
3: I'm thinking Heineke.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, and and I, I know that last touchdown they threw was a prayer. It was a great adjustment by. And he was open way before that, and that's a play made by McLaurin. But like the first touchdown was a dime. You know, he seems to be finding him. Uh, you know, it's it, it's. That's not by, not a mistake, not by accident. And that's not an insignificant part of the decision also, you know, because McLaurin is your guy without question. All right, going to take a break here. got a lot to get to. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey App. Chris Naki, Don Hakerson, back after this. <clears throat> it is Overtime, and this is 106.7 The Fan. We're also on the Odyssey App. I'm Chris Naki. Don Hankerson with, with me, and we're taking you to 9 o'clock this evening. Right now the Red Sox jumped on the Yankees 2-0. A little air going out of that Yankee balloon right now, but it's a long, long game. I uh, We were talking about Taylor Heineke, and I it never ceases to amaze me how that league has become... Just such a quarterback-dominated league, you can't really win anymore without a what's quote unquote a franchise quarterback, and 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 that means different things to different people. But, um, again, being at the quarter pole of the season means that a lot of guys start to throw out their early MVP candidates. Right, it's what you do. Uh, Where it's a rush to judgment everywhere, and. I don't think it's any surprise, you know, the the, the, the first names off of everybody's tongue are, uh, you know, Kyler Murray for one. Patrick Mahomes, always going to be in that conversation, Look, largely because he's just so talented. I mean, it's crazy the throws that he gets off. He's also got an unbelievable cast on offense, so I don't know why they're not throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill 20, 20 times a game. He's just completely uncoverable. But there are some other names that are destined to sneak into this conversation. Don, I got to tell you, I outside of looking in, I would, if I were in Vegas, and I'm not a better, I told you that. I mean, not really, but occasionally, uh, I would, uh, I'd, I think I'd put down a couple of bucks on Dak Prescott as a dark horse in this race. They have an unbelievable schedule as, in terms of how, you know, the defenses that they play. He's got the same level of weapons that Mahomes does. Uh, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. I mean, he's got some guys, and and he he can put up some numbers as well. And they've got a great scheme. Kellen Moore does that. They they really you know spread it out. I uh, I I don't know. You know, if you read the rags, if you read most of the fact, most of the conversation is about. Uh, the quarterbacks and and you can include in there Aaron Rodgers, who won the MVP last year as recently as last year, he won the MVP and he did so with an incredible second half. He did. So how about the, the the fact that Brady's putting up Brady like numbers now, you know, the guy who gets no love, no respect, who just gets it done all year, every year, all the time is Russell Wilson. And he, he's on the outside looking in and all these conversations His year last year was was incredible, and yet I I understand why Aaron Rodgers got it. Um, But this is a like sort of a golden age of quarterbacks. I I talk a lot about during basketball season. I think that, and I think it was even more so a year or two ago. But it's a golden age of point guards. There's a there's there are a lot of really good point guards in the NBA. But this is. This might be the golden age of quarterbacks. So, if, back to the Heineke thing. So, if you ranked your top fifteen, your fifteenth is a stud, is a monster. You know, uh, it, it's it's crazy how how everybody seems to have one. Now, conversely, look at Pittsburgh. Look at what's going on there. And I mean, that's kind of sad. And and to me, it's sort of the old, the age old thing in sports is when do you tell a guy, when do you know one year is too many? It's one year too many or two years too many. I mean, I think we're seeing it right before our eyes with what's going on in Pittsburgh because he's got some talented guys to work with too. But um, Ben Roethlisberger, that is. But it is not getting done. So when do you know when to pull the trigger? Does Tomlin live and die with him? Is is that a ride-or-die situation?
3: Yeah, I mean it's tough. I guess, you know, you obviously want to ride with your, you know, future Hall of Fame, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterback, but, you know, the product that he's putting out on the field right now is 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 not good. I mean, I think also too, you're looking at situations like you said Tom Brady or even Drew Brees last year before he retired, you know, the, these guys are getting older playing at a older, you know, much older age. Aaron Rodgers too, I think he's 36, 37 now. I th- so um I think he might
2: be 38. Actually. He might be, yeah. 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 So,
3: you know, so it's, you know, I think he's trying to hold on for dear life. Like you said, those guys seem to be playing a lot older now, but Ben in comparison to the guys I just named, he's just not up there.
2: Yeah, and those guys are still playing at a high level. I mean, you watch Rodgers, he's still dropping in, you know, dropping it down the chimney. He's just that good. Um but and it's got to be disheartening for we talked about certain franchises and the level of success that they're used to. And anything short of that is unacceptable. Mike Tomlin's career numbers as a coach, staggering in terms of what his success. This is a team also, how about this? Keep in mind, first week one, they beat Buffalo in Buffalo. This is a team now that nobody can touch, seemingly nobody can touch. And they came from behind and beat Buffalo, you know, solidly, convincingly, in week one, so it's not. I mean, you you throw this confluence of stuff together. The fact that you know you've your defense looks so good to start the season. You've got skilled guys. You've got Najee Harris as your running back, who I think everybody expected a pretty big year out of. You got a you got a sort sort of a whole cadre of wide receivers who are talented. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. You got a, you got a bunch of guys there that can really really play. But they're not being fed. And and and, it, and I don't know, you know, I'm not a Steeler guy. I mean, I'm respectful of the tradition and the winning and stuff like that. But it's hard for Ben to complete many passes from his ass, too. You know, he he gets, I know after week one, uh, defenses were just getting after him. And, and that's part of the issue when you get older. The immobility is one. That's why, you know, Brady's ability to step up in a pocket. Or Rogers' ability to dance outside, if for only a two count, that is one of the. That's one of those th- things. That the, on all three of those guys are Hall of Famers: Roethlisberger, uh, Brady, obviously uh, Rogers. They're all Hall of Famers. But to me, there's a separation, you know, between them as well. As good as Roethlisberger has been, but it's kind of sad. And I, I have no love necessarily for Pittsburgh but it's always sad to see a guy hang on just a little bit too long and uh, and that's why respect for Drew Brees doing what he did when he did it it's not an easy call given the money they're making it's not an easy call
3: yeah i mean pretty much Ben at this point i he's he's just a statue in the pocket he can you know he can't escape he's you know having a tough time trying to extend the play too long and things like that it's just um like you said it's just unfortunate to kind of see his Decline, but I think, you know, the Steelers organization and Tomlin, they, they got to make a tough decision and, you know, on what they want to do moving forward, because right now it's just not looking good.
2: One of the things that's sort of looming out there too, and I, uh, I don't know what to make of this. I don't, you know, the NFL, if, if nothing else done, they, they, they will give you multiple chances. So what happens to Deshaun Watson at some point in time this year? You know, we talk, we, We've talked ad nauseum here about franchise quarterbacks. Everything else being equal, and I'm putting aside the legal issues, not that you should. I'm just saying, I'm going to put those over here in the corner just for a second. But if you're ranking quarterbacks, he might be top five, top six, healthy with his stuff together. Now, I'm not minimizing the legal issues they have to be dealt with. And, and he's got a problem. He's got issues, but so it is a very forgiving league. So if you're Miami who had a lot of expectations this year to, eh, does he have the arm that you need? Is he decisive enough? Is he your guy? You've got the collateral to trade for Deshaun Watson, by the way, that I would imagine that price is dropping. Um, Philly, same thing. What are you seeing from your QB? Um, and maybe, they, maybe they'll maybe like him more than I'm, I've am i been led to believe. But, I mean, to me, that's kind of one of the, this is a league that revolves around the franchise QBs. That is a big shoe to drop or to fall at some point in time. Will it fall in the middle of the season?
3: I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, he, I mean, Deshaun Watson, that is, he has a lot of, you know, legal, you know, off the field stuff he has to kind of deal with. So I think, I don't think it's the talent. I'll just say that. I think it's more so the personal matters and what kind of clears up. And then also, like you said, where teams are after a certain part of the season for sure.
2: Do you think that, like, if I were the Dolphins and I traded for him and I, it doesn't matter what I gave up, what I I give up, what I give up, why wouldn't you just take him and say, listen, we're putting him on a shelf. He's not playing. I have no interest in playing him this year. We're gonna make Jacoby Brissett is our guy, or because I think you got to give up Tua in that trade, right? You're gonna be giving up a quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is our guy. We're gonna make do. And Deshaun has to get his life together. Got to get his legal issues together. At the end of the season, we'll see what we can see. And I'm, I'm kind of curious as to why maybe Houston didn't try that tag too, although. Maybe the bridges were just so tattered.
3: Yeah, I think that um, that was just too severed of a situation. I feel like between yeah. him and Houston.
2: Yeah, I, I just think that he looms large over the NFL, and it is a league where they give you multiple chances. And uh, I don't know what will become of the legal issues, and it may be that he's, you know, he's on the shelf for a year, two, or three, or so. I don't know what the 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 final outcome of all that is. But I do think that um, just from a sheer investment perspective, I don't think NFL fans, I mean, they've proven time and time again, they don't care about your rap sheet. They just don't.
3: And just one thing, I know we're kind of up against a break, but just to throw it at you real quick, what do you think about someone like Cam who's, you know, obviously just kind of sitting on the sidelines as well?
2: Yeah, we're going to get to that here. That's a very good question. We'll get to that on the other side of this break. We're going to wrap this puppy up. We've only got about 10 minutes left. Don Hankerson, I'm Chris Naki. It's overtime. On one zero six seven, the fan and Odyssey app.
3: T-Mobile has
0: invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
1: stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app
2: all right we're wrapping things up on overtime on 106.7 the fan and odyssey app i'm chris knocky don hankerson's been with me all night a couple things to tie up here and um it's funny that you're playing this song. Another one bites the dust. We talked about Urban Meyer at length. Uh, not a good day for Urban. Not a good weekend for Urban on the basis of uh, what he was caught. Caught with his hands in the cookie jar a little bit last Friday night. Uh so where the owner has called him on the carpet as well. And uh, so a uh, long couple of weeks ahead for Coach Meyer, I'm sure. Assuming that he lasts that long. Don, you'd ask kind of a rhetorical. Um, you know, I had asked you about Deshaun Watson, where he stands you had brought up Cam Newton, and I, you know, it's funny. I Cam was an MVP. I mean, he he was a monster at a, for a time. But the the difference between, and it's funny. Cam never did anything. I mean, Cam's had some issues, but legal, not so much. And um, it seems to me that one of the reasons why there's no market for Cam. Is that there are people in the league still actively coaching and actively involved in the league who who know Cam and can speak to whether or not he would be viable and whether or not he would be a guy that you'd want on your team. And for instance, Ron Rivera has had multiple times where he could have picked up Cam off the waiver wire. You know, he was available as a free agent. And he opted not to do it. And and I guess that should speak volumes, right, implicitly about what he thinks about Cam. Is that juice worth, worth the squeezing?
3: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, his former uh, head coach and things like that, if he's not really budging, I mean, that might tell you something. He didn't look the best in New England last year. Um, but kind of what I was alluding to, I feel like there may be a point in the season where some teams are going to be kind of looking down that direction, potentially, I don't know. I guess, you know, we'll see where a few teams shape up. But I, I can see a few teams looking looking that way if it's not looking good for them towards the midpoint of the season. Or if, you know, potentially there could be a shelf situation like we were talking about with Deshaun. But I, I somehow I don't think so for Cam. But, you know, I think there's a potential for him for teams to look that direction.
2: What about the trend that we saw most recently? Like in the last draft, teams were falling all over themselves to draft quarterbacks, what they saw as franchise guys. And whether it was, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, they, there were a handful of guys that went early. And yet, none of them really have put it together, have gotten it together. And I think the, the, the assumption was that they, that some of them would be able to put up some representative numbers. Now, maybe that's changing a little bit. Maybe that's turning a little bit as they've gotten acclimated to the speed you know, Zach Wilson had a pretty good game this past weekend for the Jets. Uh, I think Mac Jones looks like he's gonna be a pretty good player and maybe maybe all that was would change. But do you think that changes the paradigm a little bit? Does it change the model as teams approach the draft that you can't really expect a guy to hit the ground running like some guys have been able to to do in the past?
3: Yeah, I mean, I even look at someone like Patrick Mahomes who, you know, took some time to sit down, learn behind Alex Smith, learn from Andy Reid and things like that, and then by the time he gets in the game, you know, you you see what happens. So, kind of to answer your question quickly, I think guys do need a moment to kind of take it in and learn if they can. They can't just be thrown to the wolves like that.
2: Yeah, and not to correct one of the things you said earlier, too, and I, I don't mean to – I'm not trying to dog you at all, but you, we talked about the fact that Aaron Rodgers is – I think he's 38, okay – but remember, he sat on his butt for three years behind farf, right? So it's not like he started playing. He and he stayed at Cal for a time. So it's not like he came in at twenty, and he's played eighteen years in the in the bigs. Basically, he's played more like thirteen, you know, or something. I think that's that's what the number is. But uh, yeah, at any rate, it's not an exact science. The, the development of young talent it's uh, it's not an easy thing to do. And like I said, it's an, it's a lot more art than science. Uh, for that matter. All right, we had a lot to go over tonight. Thank you, Vic Fangio, for hooking us up with Storyline, Good father, John Harbaugh, same guy, Urban Meyer, the gift that keeps on giving as well, Taylor Heineke, good job, young fella, keeping us in the conversation as well. You've been listening to Overtime on the Odyssey app and 106.7 The Fan, Chris Nauke, Don Hankerson with you. Catch you again sometime soon on this station or somewhere down the dial.